0: All right, as we round out the conversation on this Freedom Friday, another sizzling hot day across uh, southeastern North Carolina. The air conditioning is finally on here in this historic building, 89 degrees at the height of uh, today's broadcast inside our studio. Nonetheless, uh, thankful to have uh, Cameron Moore with us with the Home Builders Association and talking about such a significant topic around our area with the candidates running for office right here at the local level. As we wrap things up, uh, welcoming back uh, to uh, the United States of America for the first time in months, and right here in the state of North Carolina, is Yael Osowski for the Consumer Choice Center. Consumer Choice Radio Program airs 10 o'clock Saturday mornings, uh, right here only on the Big Talker FM. Yael, my friend, thanks for holding the line, and welcome to the U.S. of A.,
1: Thank you Joe and thanks for rolling out the red carpet. It feels great, I'll tell you that.
0: So, let us uh, give us a little insight into what traveling back to America was like uh, given that we are now, you know, in the in the back end uh, in, in many cases, you know, of the health pandemic or at least, you know, that's the way I'm viewing it here. We're uh, over the hump and uh, you know, different circumstances out in Europe and what you've been dealing with over the last few months, but you took a chance and here you are. With you and your lovely family uh, just outside the Charlotte area broadcasting to us this morning
1: Yeah, I mean, it took a risk and I, I gotta say Joe for for those of you who uh, might have to wear the mask for 10 minutes, uh, imagine having to wear that for nine hours while entertaining a toddler. Uh, that's pretty much what we were dealing with there and of course I have a, a mouth and a jaw for radio, so I, I need an extra large mask. Uh, So my ears are are pretty much still bruised from having to wear that the whole time. But uh, definitely an adventure. Uh, You know, I never thought I'd enter the border and then get scanned for my temperature. Uh, But I got to say the CDC nurses, whoever was there at the Washington, D.C. airport, uh, did a fantastic job. I think they were actually pretty courteous and friendly. And the whole process was a lot easier than I thought it'd be. You know, uh, there was a travel ban on everyone coming from Europe and China and Iran. Uh, They finally opened it up and they uh, loosened um, the recommendation on that two-week self-quarantine. So here I am. I'm back behind the mic. I'm back in North Carolina. It feels good.
0: Well, it's good that uh, you know here in the U.S. Uh, we are welcoming uh, you know travelers from uh, you know here, there, and everywhere. Uh, when do you see you know the European Union opening their doors to Americans? Because uh, you know I want to get out. I want to go to Italy
1: you know, as soon as possible. I know you want to have that pizza, Joe. I, I definitely, one hundred percent, agree. Uh, from what we're seeing right now, it's really going to depend on the formula of the number of cases that there are, and really, that, that's what it comes down to. And uh, the thing is, is across the U.S., as you well know, we have different rates of people contracting and dying from the virus in whatever state, and it's that national average that's going to count into that. I'm hoping we can have some good numbers over the next couple of weeks. You know, I, I, unfortunately, it doesn't look like Labor Day is going to be the first day that you can fly off into the wilderness, uh, but, you know, they, this could be different come October or, uh, you know, as, as many political observers have stated, uh, once Election Day comes to pass, which would be very unfortunate.
0: yeah, uh, Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center, host of the Consumer Choice radio program. It airs 10 o'clock Saturday mornings right here on the Big Talker FM. He joins us every Friday as well, just after 930 I cannot imagine wearing a mask though for eight plus hours on an airplane can't be very good for your health I mean from you know just the basic uh, you know natural science classes and biology classes that I fell asleep in during uh, you know my education uh breathing out carbon dioxide is good, and in turn you breathe in oxygen, but nine hours of breathing out carbon dioxide and then breathing it back into your lungs and respiratory system because there's a mask on your face. Can't be very good for your lungs and your entire respiratory system. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm just you know using my you know sixth grade level uh, science and biology courses uh, again that I uh, slacked uh, off on.
1: Well, of course, we're, we're flying on a, a, on a nice aluminum tube, so I would say I very much trust the uh, aircraft engineers who have put together the recycled air that we're able to breathe in there. Um, I, I think we did okay. We'll see. But it, it did feel great to, to finally land there at Dulles and take the mask off and breathe the, the fresh American air. You know, it's that freedom that's coming back into my lungs
0: better than breathing in, well, the swamp of Washington, D.C. when you welcome back uh, to America. That being said, Yael, uh, I know, and many of our listeners might not know, but you are a naturalized citizen. You were born north of the border, and uh, you became a U.S. citizen. And there was a lot of talk this week of politicizing Uh, During the RNC, a group of uh, newly minted U.S. citizens as the president uh, was a part of a naturalization ceremony. A lot of attacks uh, for the president's decision to put that on live television at the White House as a quote-unquote political stunt. Uh, As a naturalized citizen, what would it mean to you uh, if when going through the protocols that are in place to become a U.S. citizen, what would it mean to you if a U.S. president just happened to stop by and say hello to you uh, during that time?
1: Yeah, I think that's an ultimate show of of patriotism. I think there is a lot of immense pride in that. Um, I had my naturalization ceremony in Charlotte, North Carolina, in some nondescript federal building. Uh, You know, we were a group of about 50 people. It was great. It was amazing. Uh, Great feeling, smiles all around. You know, to be able to have a president there or just basically any large elected official would have been awesome and great. Um, That's why whenever I read the articles that were sort of criticizing Trump for holding this naturalization, uh, naturalization ceremony, which, by the way, he's done multiple times, this is not the first attempt uh, that Trump has had of putting on a, a kind of naturalization ceremony and to have the president himself, you know, recite the the pledge along with you, recite the, the new allegiance that you're going to have to the Constitution. I mean, I think that's magical. It doesn't matter who the president is. I would have loved to have Bill Clinton in mine. It would have been a lot of fun. Probably would have partied a lot afterwards. That's a good thing, I think.
0: I mean, yesterday I was actually talking about, uh, you know, uh, if I were to hang out and invite a president to, to my backyard barbecue, I mean, even a Morocco obama you could sit there and have a beer with them you know uh, puff on a little cannabis probably and hang out for a little while and who knows maybe slick willie will bring some of the girls uh, to the backyard not that my wife would be very pleased about that but uh, you know as far as you know people that you would like to hang out with i think they'd be pretty cool cats to be with uh, in the backyard you know grilling up some chicken and some burgers maybe that's just me uh, i don't know they they, they kind of cool and slick that's the way it is for one of those, obviously, uh, you know, uh, to be part of such a you know historic moment in your life. I mean, what would you put up? Uh, you know, obviously, you're getting married, you're having a kid. Uh, when you put up uh, the naturalization, you know, of your life and that experience, you know, where does that stand? You know, in, in the grand scale of uh, the timeline of life and most memorable experiences that you've had uh, as Yael Asowski?
1: Well, it's definitely up there. Um, you know, second to being on the Joe Catanachi show, of course. Uh, but you know, I, for for me to have lived in this country for so long, and that's what a lot of of listeners might not realize as well, is just because you're naturalized as a U.S. citizen doesn't mean you just showed up in America. It means that you've lived, you've paid taxes, you've studied, uh, you know, you've been in the United States for a long time. It takes at least 10 years of residency in order to get this. So these people have not only gotten American values there at the naturalization ceremony, They've had them for years, and they've been working towards that dream, and the second that you get it, the second that you can finally get that certificate and say, I am a citizen just like everyone else, I am now represented, I'm able to participate, that's a grand feeling. And it's very hard to state just because growing up for me, my entire life, I was, uh, you know, that Canadian, that French-speaking dude in the class, you know, and once I was able to actually say that I was an American, that I had my passport, you know, it's something that we... We fought for it's something that we put a lot of effort into, and I thought consciously a lot about, and I was given a test, and I passed. So I'm very happy that the United States accepted me, and now I'm very excited that we have new citizens. You know, I wish we could have uh, many more who go through this process and and get the same feeling that I had uh, all those years ago.
0: Frankly, a test uh, that many natural-born citizens uh, probably uh, would fail. In fact, you know, I'm I'm going at seven as a betting man. You know, seven eight seven out of ten would probably fail that test uh, today if it were given to them. Yael Lasowski, the overachiever, with us here this morning on the Big Talker FM and host of the Consumer Choice radio show, consumerchoicecenter.org, their website, the Global Grassroots Movement for Consumer Choice. Yael, let's get into some policy for a moment. And I know uh, your homeland north of the border in Canada, uh, where you were born, and even here in the States, uh, there's been a lot of talk for a lot of years, particularly from the Democrat Party, on implementing a wealth tax on people who make uh, a certain amount of money. Uh, And, in fact, uh, a teacher that uh, I know this morning was ranting and raving about uh, the Republican National uh, Convention and and this and that and talked about how uh, the rich are getting richer, they're evil, uh, there's no way somebody should be worth and be uh, in control of billions of dollars. Uh, Talk about what a wealth tax is and some of the ramifications of implementing uh, such a tax uh, on those who are of extreme wealth in our society.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, people who would like to advocate for a wealth tax, they're obviously coming for—they're I mean, coming at it from the right the right intentions. You know, the, there's an idea that people are not being taxed enough, that our government is not funded enough. I, I think we can all quibble with that. Uh, but, you know, there's an idea that people are not paying their fair share. And what they propose is the idea of not just taxing your income— uh, which, again, was not existent at the beginning of the country, but has been for the last hundred years, uh, but also all of your assets, your home, your car, anything else that you might own in your garage, it's your total net worth. And the problem with doing that, as many European countries have seen in many other jurisdictions around the world, is that the second that you do that, you're actually not going to bring in the money that you need, and you're actually going to scare people off from trying to Accumulate wealth and accumulating wealth is not something that's just for mustache twirling evil businessmen. It's for you and me, everyone who wants to own their own home, everybody who wants to have a good retirement, everyone who wants to send their kids to school where we have seen wealth taxes we have seen this scenario whereby people are able to get less of their income from retirement markets you know you imagine the stock market so much of that is made up of incredibly wealthy people who put together financial services that people can invest in and they can fund their retirement uh, my colleague David Clement is writing about this in Canada, that this was uh, is now on the docket and they're discussing it and talking about it. I mean, this is not going to harm, you know, the big fat cat Wall Street guy with a million lawyers. It's going to hurt those of you who are close to finishing paying off your home uh, that might be worth upwards of two hundred to $300,000 thanks to property values. It might harm you uh, because, you, you know, you've been able to save up enough money to buy a second home or perhaps you have two cars in order to get to work. Um, these are the kind of things that unfortunately are going to harm a lot of people. And if we think about all of the retirement funds, all the things related to teachers, pensions, firefighter pensions, police pensions, all this is tied up in the marketplace and the stock market. And the second that you talk about a wealth tax, about taxing assets and these kind of investments, that's not going to be good for the everyday citizen. And I think that that's a very important point I think we need to take home.
0: And, again, I would point your attention to uh, Dave Clement's uh, article because this is a conversation that is hot right now north of the border, and uh, I think he has a very good uh, approach uh, to this issue, one that, uh, of course, also has been discussed here in the U.S. for quite some time and what would uh, a policy look like under a, a Biden administration. I think we know where that might be going when it comes to uh, taxes, particularly uh, um, uh, among people who uh, you know have been able to uh, earn uh, a good living here in this country. Yael, before I let you go... Uh, I got a I got a call the other day from a friend of mine, because as you may know and you know uh, that uh, I contracted the coronavirus uh, middle of June and uh, I was asked to to donate my plasma. And in fact, uh, well, they say that they'll pay me for plasma uh, because I have the antibodies, supposedly, uh, that could help people who are dealing with uh, bigger symptoms related to uh, the virus. Uh, You feel uh, that, uh, you know, maybe this is the approach we should be taking uh, and even going maybe a step further or two related to, you know, getting people in there uh, and being compensated uh, for that. Uh, Give me your idea around, uh, you know, paying people for their antibodies and kind of your viewpoint on that.
1: Yeah, this is a a recent study that was done by the Mayo Clinic, and it's something that the FDA has given emergency authorization for, and it's the idea of using the antibodies Um, from people who have contracted corona in the past and have recovered, using that to help those who are currently sick in order to get over it. It's something that has already worked on something like 70,000 patients. Doctors have been doing it really without the direction of the government. Now the government is coming in through the FDA and saying, okay, this is an emergency authorization. We will allow doctors to do this if they choose to and if patients choose to. And really, thanks to the American blood plasma supply, which is something like 70% of the entire world's blood plasma supply, and that's because of the system of donations that we have. Um, again, my, my colleague David Clement has uh, been very hot on this topic as well in Canada, where it is illegal to be paid for donation of blood plasma, and most of their blood plasma comes from us Americans, at least 80%. And if we're talking about this as a potential uh, treatment for COVID, that's something that is going to give the United States a huge advantage. It's very sad that a place like Canada doesn't have that Type of system there, and just goes to show that positive incentives like this can work. And uh, well, you know, once we can get a needle into Joe Cadenachy, we could maybe cure a lot of people. Who knows? But at least many doctors are trying this, and they should continue to follow it. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens at the very end.
0: Why not try? Yeah, Yael Lasowski with us uh, from the Consumer Choice Center. Yael, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, let's get up soon now that you're in the states and back here in North Carolina. I know you and I have a date at a local brewery. In fact, I've got a couple lined up for you when you make uh, that uh, homage uh, here east on 7476 to the coast. Let's do it soon.
1: Yes, sir, Joe. Thanks so much. Happy Friday.
0: That's Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center. You can hear himself uh, along with uh, Dave Clement, his colleague, at the Consumer Choice Center, Consumer Choice Radio. It airs 10 o'clock Saturday mornings uh, right here on the Big Talker FM. All right, as we wrap up the program, a little late past the top of the hour, so we'll get right into the.